Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, can you guys hear me now? There you are. It's 140414. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not... We're not no, that's, I have a different passcode. That's the call number, okay? I have a special password to get in. Oh, the other one, and I've forgotten what it is. So, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you. I, we have a bad connection. It's it's going. It's fritzing out. <laughs> Mark, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, it sounds a little better now. 
All right. Mark, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Maybe I better call back in. Yeah, that's because I'm going through my computer. It's because I'm going through my. Okay. I'm getting. Uh, it's breaking up really bad. Let me try this. Let me try this again. Can anybody hear me? Larry? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I can hear you fine. I just have forgotten my password, which is, allows me to moderate the program. I have a special password. I have to put it uh, on my computer. I have to put it on my computer so next time I'm on the road I won't forget it. I remembered it this morning. You know how your brain is. I automatically right. put it in, but tonight I can't for some reason remember what it is. It's like a six-digit six password. All right, well, listen, uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, we're glad to have you with us on Facebook and YouTube tonight. We're sorry for the glitches. And it looks like Carl Roberts has left us. Uh, there he is. There he's back with us now. Hopefully this will. Um, can you hear me, uh, uh, Brother Carl? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Good, good. All right, we're all together now. Um, yeah, tonight, I don't know if anybody has anything they would like to talk about. If if you don't, uh, I would like to possibly uh, suggest that we look at 
uh, a passage in the uh, the uh, 48th chapter of Isaiah, and maybe we could go through that chapter together. It's about 22 verses. It's not a real long passage, but it's really good, unless you all have something else uh, in mind. Uh, no, that sounds good. I have something that I, I have something that I was working on, but I think we'll just let's just go ahead and do Isaiah 48. That way, I can take my time okay. with this and see how it turns out. Okay, that sounds good. Well, why don't we do this? Um, the like I say, this is only only 22 verses. Um, let's uh, read like you know, seven verses apiece. I'll read the first seven verses, make comments, and then I'll turn it over to Brother Carl. He can do the next seven, and then Brother Mark can, can finish this out. Uh, hope you all are doing well tonight. Sorry for the glitch. <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different broadcasting on the road than it is from my house. But that it is what Here. it is. We do the best we oh. can. Yep. Okay, Isaiah 48 from the King James Version of the Bible, beginning with verse 1. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. For they call themselves of the holy city, and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass, I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee, lest thou shouldst say, Mine idol hath done them, and my graven image, my molten image, hath commanded them. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not yet declare it. I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. They are created now, and not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou should say, Behold, I knew them. Well, there's there's an awful lot here that the, that the prophet Isaiah is conveying. He's speaking to the house of Judah, which are called by the name of Israel, and who makes mention of the God of Israel. But they're not, they're using the name on the, they're using the name of Israel inappropriately. They're not giving credit to the one and only sovereign God of Israel. They're just using his name. They're not doing it in righteousness. Yeah. You know, they they call themselves of the holy city, verse 2. And they stay themselves upon the God of Israel, who the Lord God the Lord of hosts is his name. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> Does this sound familiar? You know, there are people that call themselves Israel. 
They say they're of the house of Israel. They say they're of the seed of Abraham. They say their father is Moses. And, but yet they are not worshiping the God of the Bible. They're worshiping a false god, Lucifer. But they're taking on the name of the Lord God of Israel. And they're using the holy city, Jerusalem, not the new Jerusalem, but the Jerusalem. They're using that as their capital city. And Isaiah comes back and the Lord says through the prophet that God has declared everything out of his mouth. And whatever he did, uh, he made it suddenly to come to pass. God uses his creation to show his authority. You know, and we can see that in many, many of the Psalms where he uses his creation to show his authority. And, you know, I, I think we could uh, use as an example, again, the 19th Psalm. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. He is, his going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. That's what the prophet Isaiah is referring to when he said, I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. And he says the reason that he did this in the form of creation was because he knew these people would be obstinate, and their neck would be an iron sinew, and they would have a brow of brass. And he goes on and says that God has from the beginning declared it before it came to pass, you know. And we notice that how they strayed from the God of Israel. Carl alluded to it this morning, and others have alluded to it. You know, the only thing that they don't have today is a golden calf, you know. But, you know, that's what happened when Moses went up into Mount Sinai. He wasn't gone very long till they took all their earrings and broke them up and, and melted them and shaped a, a, a golden calf. Mm -hmm. And they, an idol had done this. My graven image and my old molten image had commanded him. They did not want to give uh, credit to the God of uh, Israel. They wanted to take credit for themselves. Well, they, he, again, the prophet Isaiah reminds them that he holds all things. He says, they are created now and not from the, even before the day when thou heardest them not. Lest thou shouldst say, behold, I knew them. And so this is, this is the prophet showing that not just the Jews, not just one group of people, but really all people 
have tried to take credit in themselves and not given God the glory. And we, we know what happens when people are turned away and the idols on idolatry. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, Brother uh, Carl and have him make comments on the seven verses, and then we'll hear from Mark, and then we'll move on. Brother Carl? Okay, yes, sir. Uh, it just seems to me here in verses 1 and 2, uh, Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. For they call themselves of the holy city, and say themselves upon the God of Israel, and stay themselves upon the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts is his name. Yes, I mean, this seems to, this seems to be going on today. Uh, this is... Um, it, you know, it was true in Isaiah's day, and these same people are over there pretending to – they are pretending to worship Jehovah, but in fact mm-hmm. they are worshiping another god. You know, they are, they are worshiping Lucifer. And That's right. I think, and I think this is what is being discussed here. This is what is being told to the prophet Isaiah. Um, and, and and in turn, this is what Isaiah is telling uh, Israel: um, the these people who say they are Jews but are not. Um, so, yes, sir. In verse in verse seven, it says they are created now and not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou shouldst say, Behold, I knew them. Uh, you know, the Lord has created everything after the works of his own hands and he has declared the end from you know from the beginning and he knows who are his. Uh, so that so with that I'll just turn it over to Brother Mark. Thank you, Brother Carl. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, this this is very interesting. It it does appear that uh yes, that is the case. God is speaking to the house of Jacob and he's telling us that the house of Jacob is called by the name of Israel and that and that house has come forth out of the waters of Judah which swear by the name of the Lord and mention and make mention of the God of Israel but not in truth or righteousness so yes this is the same thing this is going on today just like brother Carl and brother Larry said People are using the word of God for dishonest purposes. That that is obvi- it's obvious what's going on here in verse one, when he said when it says that make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness, and that's that's the same thing that's going on today. All these preachers on TV, you know, Hogan, Stanley, Bentley, they're all. They're all uh, using the word of God for profit. Uh, I'm reminded of that verse in, I think it's somewhere in 1st, 2nd, or 3rd John about uh, men who are devoid of truth, who think that godliness is gain, and, and the scripture tells us to have nothing to do with us, with them, that is. And so I think that's in 1st, 2nd, or 3rd John where he's talking about, you know, the men of depraved and corrupt mind, and they think it's, and they think that they're, you know, doing the work of God, using the work of God, and they're making money in the process in a corrupt manner. 
And that that's that's very interesting how this connection is here. And in verse and, two it says seems to be that they are calling themselves of the holy city. They say they that means to me that looks like they say they live there or are of that place, I guess is what they're saying. Call themselves of the holy city. And they stay themselves or sustain themselves, I guess is what that means, on the God of Israel. And Brother Larry got it right. The Lord of hosts is his name. So here in verse 3, Jehovah is telling us that he has declared the former things from the beginning. And they, I guess I would assume that's referring to the house of Jacob, which is being referenced in verse 1 here. They went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. That means uh, the great works that God is doing here. That's interesting. Here's another good one. Verse 4, because I knew that, that, that you are obstinate, and that thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow is brass. That reminds me of um, Psalm 75, verse 5, I think it is. Speak not with a stiff neck. Uh, 75, 5. Let's see. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. Psalm 75. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, 5. Psalm 75, 5. Looked up. Not lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. Verse six, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Verse seven, but God is the judge. He put us down one and set us up another. Psalm seventy five, five, six and seven. In the authorized King James, I forgot to say. Yes, in the authorized King James. So God is telling them you're a stiff necked people. And you have an iron, your neck is like iron sinews and your brow is like brass. And so here in verse 5, let's see, he's declared it from the beginning. He has declared it to, the, to, uh, to them. Before it came to pass, he says, I showed it thee, lest thou should say, mine idol hath done them and my graven image, my molten image, so God is showing them that it is nothing that they do with their graven image, you know, like the golden calf when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, they had they had degenerated into idolatry idolatry in a very short space of time. And Moses came down, he knew, and we knew what happened. Moses came down from Sinai, and he saw what was going on, and he got so mad, he threw the first set of stone tablets down, and they broke into a million pieces. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't have super glue then, so couldn't glue them back together, so Moses had to go back up, as we know. So anyway, so God says he's shown new things to them at this from this time even the hidden things that's in verse 6 and so and then verse 7 so god made them and now they are created and established not from the beginning but from later times evidently so even before the day when thou heardst them not lest thou should say behold i knew them so 
That's right. The things that God does, he doesn't need to tell anybody about them. And uh, depending on his purpose, sometimes he lets everyone know what's going to go on ahead of time. And then other times, depending on the purpose of God, he does not let them know. And it's entirely his prerogative. And nobody, like it says in Romans 9, nobody can say, what are you doing? (laughs) Praise God, saints. Well, that's really good. I want to welcome everyone that was able to jump back on after we lost our signal on on Facebook. Glad to see you were able to come back on. Welcome aboard, Eva Indies, um, Jeremiah Dekoas, uh, Rick Batorik, and I cannot tell, I don't know if Mark can see who that is right under where I say welcome everyone. I can't see that on my screen. I can just see a part of it. Uh, maybe I can eventually pull that up and see who that is that's going to there. Um hmm. I'm going to turn it now over to, uh, uh, I think I'll, I'll turn it over to Brother uh, Carl to read the next uh, 7 through 14, and then I'll have Brother Mark read 14 down to the end of the chapter. So, Brother Carl, okay. go ahead. Okay, um, 7 through 14, in authorized King James Bible only. Uh, and I'll just make my comments as I read here. They are created now and not the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them, not lest thou should say, Behold, I knew them. Yeah, thou heardest not, yet thou knewest not, yet from that time that thine ear was not open. For I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. So God knew that these people were were, were utterly wicked from the womb. And he says in verse 9, For my name's sake I will defer my anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Because in physical Israel here, all right, he had his, he had his chosen people still amongst them. Okay? Uh, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come to mind, the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet Ezekiel, Isaiah himself. And what God is fixing to do is he's fixing to send them into captivity. All right, right. And, he, and this is what he's telling them. Um, he says in verse 9, For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Wow. Mm-hmm. And truly that's, what, truly, that's what they went through. I mean, it, I mean he, Jehovah was not playing around with them. Uh, and these people were involved in some, in some wicked, wicked idolatrous activities. He says in verse 11, For my own sake, even for my own sake will I do it, for how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. You see, they were worshiping these false gods um, in secret, all right, in these secret places where where they thought nobody could see what they were doing, and they were using the name of of Jehovah as cover. He says in verse 12, Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel, my call. I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. And I don't believe that he's talking to the whole nation here. He's talking to his elect people that he had at this time that he had called. And he says in yes. verse 13, My hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. All ye assemble yourselves and hear which among them have declared these things. 
The Lord hath loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. Yeah, and here's just another example. There are many in Scripture where God declares his sovereignty and his absolute power by referencing the creation that is the works of his own hands. Here in verse 13 where he says, My hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. Um, yeah, with that, I'll just turn it back over to you guys. Praise God. Yeah, that's really good. You know, you can see a parallel passage in uh, Psalm 102, verse 25, that Brother Carl was just alluding to there. It says, mm-hmm. of, old, of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hand. Um, yeah, so that's right. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark and uh, let him make any comments he have has, and then he can... Uh, uh, finish reading the, the rest of the chapter, and then we can all make comments about that. Go ahead, Brother Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Brother. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's see. Verse 8. Uh, let's see. It looks like he's telling them, you heard not and knew not from that time that, that, uh, that your ear was not opened. It looks like he's telling them. He says, for I, Jehovah, knew that thou wouldst deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. Yep, that, that's very good right there. So God knew that they, you know, didn't know. He kept the knowledge from him until the time was right for him to reveal it to them, to 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 achieve the purpose for which God uh, sent forth his word. We know that God always achieves. He ordains the purpose and the means to that purpose. We know that God works in a very efficient way that way. In verse 9, he says, for his namesake, that he's going to defer his anger and that for his praise he will... uh, refrain from cutting them off that's that's mercy right there that's another manifestation of the multitude of the multitude of mercy of god like we saw a couple of weeks ago in psalm 69 verse 16 the multitudes of the mercy of god yes uh in verse 10 he says i've refined you referring to the house of jacob from verse 1 i'm sure he is refined, but not with silver. I have, he's chosen in them in a furnace of affliction. That's what, that's what you have to do with precious metals like gold and silver. You have, to, you have to put it in the furnace of heating and of affliction to purify. And that's the metaphor used in the language of Scripture here the uh, furnace of affliction which is a method of purifying us god is purifying our faith like like fine gold that it may come through with flying colors isn't that wonderful how god and it's not pleasant you know when it's happening but later on i'm reminded of that scripture that no chastisement is pleasant while we're going through it, but later on it yields a harvest 
of righteousness. So this furnace of affliction, it's not pleasant when it's happening, but it's for our, it's for our own good, ultimately speaking. He says in verse 11, I'm going to do these things for mine own name's sake. And, you know, I'm going to do these things so that my name, you know, how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory to another. Here's, here's, here's that idea, too. And that's elsewhere in the Psalms and, and the Old Testament, too. That uh, I'm reminded of that one scripture. I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs. He said, Behold, I am a jealous God. My glory will I not share with another. So this is a, this is a, a reference to that basic idea that God deserves all glory and the creature, which is us, we don't deserve glory. Because if we're, if we're glorious, if we're, when, when unregenerate creatures and sometimes even Christians do it by mistake or whatever. When we hold glory for ourselves, we're robbing God of his glory where it rightfully belongs. So, verse 12, he says, Listen to me, hearken to me, Jacob and Israel, my called ones. I am he. I'm the first one. Like he was telling Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? I am the first, and I am also the last. That reminds me of the one in Revelations. Uh, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the one who was and is and is to come. So, and in verse 13, he says, there it is, the, fa- the idea that we uh, see in Job where 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 God is questioning Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth, when I set the course of the moon and set the boundaries of the seas and the ocean? He says it right here. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I called unto them, they stand up together. So that's good. This is this is God showing everyone that that uh you know like it says in romans 9 nay but oh man who art thou to reply to god shall the things formed say to that which formed it what are you doing you know that's a very similar idea to the one in romans 9 so god in verse 14 he says all of you come to assemble yourselves and and hear and then he says, which among them hath declared these things? Who has declared these things? The Lord is saying, the Lord hath loved him and will do his pleasure on Babylon and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. And we, going through the stories of the Old Testament, we see so many times that God uses these pagan nations as an instrument of chastisement when the Jews, when the Israelites go off, you know, mistakenly into idolatry, and then God, like the Assyrians and the Babylonians, we see many different uh, occasions throughout Old Testament scripture where God used these pagan nations as an instrument of correction and, and rebuke and chastisement 
not to discard them, but with the but with the loving uh, idea of restoring them. Jehovah always does it, never with an idea to you know. Oh, I'm going to get rid of you now. You messed up for the third and fourth and fifth time, and I'm tired of you, and I'm going to get rid of you. No, God always does it. And it's never pleasant when it's happening, but it yields a harvest of righteousness. And God always does these things with an air toward restoring us, his elect saints of God. And I am sure God of that, because if it was up to us, we'd have, you know, terminally, terminally messed it up irrecoverably long time ago. So it's so wonderful, the multitude of the Lord's mercy sustains us all, without which we would have all fallen flat on our faces, never to rise again long ago. Praise God, saints. Amen. Well, I'm going to have you continue to read verses 14 or 15 down through the end of the chapter, brother. Okay. All right. So um, this is in the King James So I'll just start one little overlap from verse 14. All ye assemble yourselves and hear which among them hath declared these things. The Lord hath loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. Verse 15, I, even I, have spoken. Yea, I have called him. I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Come ye near unto me. Hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was there. Am I, from the time that it was, from the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit has sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst go. Verse 18, O that thou had hearkened, O that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Verse 19, thy seed also had been as the sand, and the offspring of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Verse 20, Go ye forth of Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. Verse 21, and they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock also, and the waters gushed out. Verse 22, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. That's very good. This is good. Okay, so verse 15, the Lord has spoken and I have, uh, and has called him. I would imagine that refers to the house of Jacob from verse 1. I have called him and uh, the Lord is telling us here, I have brought him. And he shall make his way prosperous. Verse 16, the Lord is saying, Come near unto me, hear ye this. 
I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was there, am I. From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Uh, let's see. That reminds me of that verse that, uh, talking about the inspiration of scripture. Uh, there is no, no scripture is of any private interpretation, but all scripture is useful for rebuke for correction, for instruction in righteousness, because it's inspired of God and infallible. That kind of reminds me of that. So let's see, verse 17. Uh, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, thus saith the Lord, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou should go. Um, so the Lord is the one that causes us to to stay in his way. Um, oh, I just had a thought about what was in Proverbs, one that related in Proverbs, but it uh, escaped me, so I'll just go on. Verse 18, he's saying, Oh, if you had only listened to my commandments, he's saying, then you would have had then... Uh, let's see. Then thy peace would have been like a river and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea if you had only listened to me and done my commandments. He says in verse 18, thy seed had been as the sand. Thy seed would have been like the sand and the offspring of thy bowels would have been like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Verse 20, he says, Go ye forth of Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with singing, with a voice of singing, declare ye. Tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. And, and we see this idea expressed so many places in the Psalms and many other places in Old Testament and New Testament scripture, talking about declare the wonderful works of God, for no one else can do this but God. And so we see that all over the place in Scripture about how, to de how we are to declare the magnificent works of God. Let's see, let's see, verse 21, and they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. Yeah, Moses hit the rock with his staff and the water came out. And so that is how God provided for them when they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And then verse 22, concluding this chapter, and we see this idea many, many different places in Scripture too. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. That's right. That's very good. All right. Well, praise God, saints. Well, thank you, Mark. And... Uh... Well, I think, that Pine, I think Pineville has a better wireless connection than Super 8. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. yeah. yeah, we're back We're back on Facebook. We've lost Facebook twice, uh, but we've been able to maintain our signal on YouTube and, I believe, our signal on YouTube as well as on TalkShoe. Um, well, I'm going to make a few comments on this, and then I'm going to let Brother Carl close it out tonight. 
Uh, again, this is a wonderful chapter, chapter 48 of Isaiah, and I agree with what has already been said wholeheartedly. I think it's really pointing to, uh, again, two sets of people, the, uh, the physical Israelites and the spiritual Israelites. Um, yes. The Israelites were there, they were present, they walked amongst the remnant, just like we're told in the New Testament, to let the seed grow up with the tares, that's what was happening here. But yep. we also see that for uh, God's elect, for those that he describes as, in verse 12, my call, I am first, I am the last. All of God's people recognize, uh, all of God's elect recognize who God is, that he's sovereign, he is king of kings, he is the Lord of lords. And, of course, uh, the uh, 17th verse, uh, it says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer. The only Redeemer, the only one, the only ones that have been recipients of redemption are those who are the called and the chosen and the predestinated and the justified ones. Mm-hmm. That's the only one recipients of redemption. <clears throat> and, you know, those very people oftentimes do not hearken unto his commandments. And, but we see that we see that when when we find ourselves being a recipient of God's grace, we we find ourselves walking in the ways that are pleasing to the Lord. Yes. And all people out there that want to talk about peace, you know, um, I, I was thinking about the last verse of that chapter where it says, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. We have all these peace talks going on. There's a scripture that says they will say peace and safety and then sudden destruction will come upon them. Yep. And so see that the only peace, the, the peace that passeth understanding, is to the remnant elect called of God. There is no peace to those who are trying to set themselves up as God. Yep. And like Brother Mark said, you know, oftentimes in the Old Testament we see representation of all of these pagan nations the Amorites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Amalekites. And here he makes reference to the Chaldeans. Uh, God uses Babylon to, as, a, as a weapon in the hands of his almighty hand to show his glory and also to show his mercy and grace to his people. He tells us in Psalm that he has given Christ the heathen for his inheritance. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly. And so when people talk about that God loves everybody, uh, I usually take him down to the second Psalm. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Yeah. And he that sits. Heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in der- uh, derision. 
And uh, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. That's what we're talking about when we say that God uses the heathen to glorify himself. Verse 8, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. So that's what I have tonight uh, on this wonderful chapter. I'm going to turn turn it over now to Brother Carl and let him kind of bring a conclusion to the whole matter. Brother Carl? All right, yeah, I just, just a couple of comments here on verses 20 through 22. Okay, we see here that God's elect referenced as his servant Jacob here, um, that this is also a reference to God's elect among the Israelites that were brought out of Egypt into the wilderness and through the desert for 40 years in verse in verse 21 where it says and they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts well there was a bunch of people thirsty and they were constantly crying and worrying and telling Moses why did you bring us out here to die okay these people that were doing that these were not the elect of God okay but God because the majority of those people did not make it they all died it was only a remnant that was brought out of Egypt that made it. And these were God's elect. That, And these are the ones that are being referenced here in, in verse 21 where it says, they thirsted not. All right? And here we have the picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of uh, the rock itself. All right? And uh, he just goes on to tell them, you know, in verse 22 through the prophet Isaiah that, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. So to the reprobate, uh, just like just like the reprobate that came out of Egypt, all right, there's no peace ever for them. Um, they had, you know, they had more than what they possibly needed as God led them through the wilderness, but it wasn't good enough for them. And, uh, and I think, obviously, that's who he's referring to here. Um, where it says there's no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Um, They're always, you know, these people are always worried about where their next meal is going to come from or, you know, know, what's not going right in their life instead of resting in God in the faith that he's given you. You know, that's just what I see in it. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you guys. Very good. Very good. You know, it's like... Uh, have you ever met someone who uh, they're just like Brother Carl said? They're just never happy. You know, they get they get a certain kind of house and they want something better. They get a certain kind of car, they want something better. They go and feast at one of the most uh, five star restaurants and they want something better. <laughs> they have yeah. like insatiable hunger for the things of this world and like. Brother Carl says they are not resting in Christ. There is a rest to the people of God, we're told in Hebrews. So that's that's a uh, wonderful thing to have the knowledge, have been given the knowledge that Christ is the one who is our rest. We rest in Christ alone. Well, this has been a great time tonight. I'm sorry again for all the glitches, really out of my control. It was uh, all ordained of God, <laughs> even the glitches. Um, yes. But anyway, we're thankful that we were, were able to be together tonight, and I hope that you all have a great evening and want to remind you all that we will be having our Wednesday night 
fellowship at five o'clock, and we're going to be uh, starting in the book of Ecclesiastes and working through that. I think that'll be a blessing. And then Thursday night, Brother Carl and Brother Mark have a fellowship call, and we'll be on at five o'clock uh, on Thursday as well. Um, Very good. So with that, I'm going to bring this kind of to closure tonight. And uh, again, thank Brother Rick, Brother Mark, Brother Carl, Sister Babs. Uh, my lovely wife was that. Uh, my son Mark Phillips is here with us, as well as uh, all of the ones who have joined us on Facebook and TalkShoe. We thank you for being with us tonight. And uh, I'll open it up for any final uh, comments by Mark and Carl. Mark, you have any final comments for us? Oh, yes. I just wanted to say God bless you, saints. Uh, have a good appointment in the morning, Brother Mark. God bless you, Sister Rosette. God bless you, Brother Larry. God bless you, Tulip. And uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I'm flipping to my... Uh, okay, and uh, saints, thank you. Please keep praying for the Roberts family and the Phillips family and Brother Carl's mom, Reba Sandage, that God would bring her out of the lie of organized religion. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna conclude my final thought with my uh, new adopted scripture, First Peter, chapter one, verse five, in the Authorized King James, and. Uh, which relates to the idea of the final perseverance of the saints that, you know, we are brought in by the sovereignty of God and we are kept by the sovereignty of God. First Peter 1, verse 5, in the authorized King James Version, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times, which we are in now. And it's, it's invisible to the world, but it's going to be revealed. And just because something is invisible doesn't mean it's real. Air is invisible, but it's very real because we would not survive long without it. And that's what God has so graciously provided for our own benefit, oxygen. God bless you, saints. Love you. See you Wednesday night. Brother Carl. All right. Well, God bless you, Brother Mark, and you're in our prayers, and Brother Larry, Sister Rosette, and Brother Mark Phillips. Uh, we love all you guys, and I love you, Babs, and I'll read John 6, 35 through 40, the authorized King James Bible only. Verse 35, Gospel of John, chapter 6. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he had given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that every one which, which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. Well, thank you, guys, and we'll plan on seeing you all on Wednesday night at 5 o'clock. Yes, Love all righty. Love you, too. Love you, saints. Have a good night. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.